Welcome to I Bet So Hard, technology and workflows that really work. The not so serious podcast for seriously busy veterinary teams brought to you by vet to pet Listen for quick, fun interviews with veterinary professionals who've retrieved and actually held on to their sanity, happiness, and success by learning a few new tricks and embracing efficient processes that actually work. I'm Dr. Stacey Santi. And I'm Dr. Caitlin DeWild. And this is I Bet So Hard. Hi, Caitlin. How are you doing over there? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. I'm in Arizona, so it's nice and warm while you're over there getting dumped on with snow. (laughs) It's true. It's really starting to tick me off because we did have a nice weekend. It was like 60 and I was like, sweet, spring is coming. We're great. And then they were like, just kidding. Snow and ice. Oh, also your kids are going to be home again on virtual (laughs) school because of the weather. So yeah, I'm really not feeling it over here, but I'm anxious for spring to come. The spring teaser, you know how that goes. Right. For sure. Well, I've got a topic for us today. Let's hear it. I'm I'm all ears. I want to talk about patient updates, like how frequently you should be trying to update your clients when their pet is hospitalized. And it might sound like a weird topic, but my pets recently went to the doctor here and they had, they weren't necessarily hospitalized, but I had to drop them off for a little bit while they got some lab work done and x-rays done. And even this little short hour that we were separated was a problem for me. And I was just started to remember about the study I did a few years ago, pre-pandemic, where I worked with Colorado State University and we surveyed over a thousand pet owners asking them, how often do you want to be updated if your pet is hospitalized? And it was such a cool study. And I think we really still have a lot to learn from that as being providers to humans that own pets. And we often forget that there is a human person in the middle of this relationship that we have to deal with. Might be worth talking about with our podcast listeners. I think so. And I also think it's more relevant because as you mentioned, not just hospitalized patients, right? I think we are seeing more and more drop-offs since that became kind of a normal part of what we could offer during curbside, it kind of, we kind of kept it around. And truthfully now, because of staffing, we are still keeping it around (laughs) and it's working great. Uh, But it's certainly something that might need a little tweak on the update workflow. So I think we should definitely talk about this. Uh, I also think we should uh, try out our new framework. What do you think? Yeah, let's talk about it. It's the why, who, what, when, where, and how. And we're going to kick off with why, like, why do you need to update your pet owners? Let me tell you what the study said. And well, first I'm going to ask you one of the main questions and see what you think, what your personal answer would be Okay. in the study. We asked pet owners, if your pet was hospitalized, which of course it's, it's, let's just pretend you're, let's pretend hurricane, the cat sitting on your lap right now had to go in the hospital because she had a pancreatitis attack or something. And she had to spend the night. That's too real. That's too soon. (laughs) (laughs) How often would you want to get updated? That's tricky. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be the normal responder because I would really like to know like constantly, I'd like to have a video camera on her. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I would also be like, oh, these poor staff members, they don't have time. <laughs> so I would be super respectful of that. Um, I think, you know, at least twice during the day would be good. I, I also think it's important to think about how are they going to update me? If I'm going to have to get on the phone, I'm a little not as excited, but if I could just have a text, it's like, she's doing great. Just started eating. Like that would be awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm giving a very roundabout answer here. I'm going to, I'm my final answer is twice. Okay. Twice. So I'm different than you because if my pet was hospitalized, I'm more of a, like every four to six hour girl, I think I, I would yeah. have, yeah. and, and it, that's the thing here is each person has their own comfort level and they're, that's why some people call you like 15 minutes after they drop their dog off for a spay because yeah. they're just more nervous than yeah. other people. Sure. So in the survey, we found that 27% of pet owners said they wanted to be updated every two to three hours. You're and kidding. 35% said every four to six hours. And then it just trails off dramatically after that to eight and 12, like less than 5% of people want to be updated like once a day. And I think it was around, if I'm recalling correctly, and you can look the study up, it actually got published. If you search up pet owner update preferences, uh, Santi on your Google, it'll pull it up. But on your Google, did you just say on your Google? Yeah, on your (laughs) Google. We we will drop the link in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that's better. So I think it was around maybe 10% or so that said twice a day, but the majority of people were between two and six hours. Yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but uh, I'm also like, how, how can we meet that need, right? How can we meet that demand? So yeah, how, how does this work? How do we actually do this? So I think the goal here is We've got to figure out how we can pull this off for clients that want it. So the first thing we need to talk to talk about is who, who I've got two sides of this, who, who, who we've got, who, which clients want to be updated more frequently than others. And then also who on the team is going to be updating the client that that's, let's talk about that. Man, which one? Those are those are both valid points. I hadn't really thought about how you're going to tie that into our our who. <laughs> <laughs> so the who, I think it's you know, I don't think we can only offer it to like some and not all, but well, we can't assume that everybody wants that. You know what happens when you assume? <laughs> yeah, my mother taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> I all thought right. I was so clever when I learned that. Um, so. I think the best thing here is just like ask and what a perfect thing to put on your patient admission paperwork that they have to sign on anyways, which is how often do you want to receive updates and then have a couple of choices. Don't put hourly because somebody will pick that. I promise. So put like every four to six hours, every 12 hours or every 24 hours, I would give them three choices and then do your best to make that happen. We had a cool idea at our clinic where we got these luggage tags and you can order them on four imprint, the number four. And 
we just customize them to say somebody loves me and wants to get updates about me. And then we put that on the pet while they were there at the practice. So everybody knew, like, we have a live one here. We've got an owner that wants more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I think you have to think about the who of your team and hurricane just jumped off as you, as you could probably just hear that, but she's like, this is ridiculous. Don't be giving me fake pancreatitis. Um, (laughs) I think we need to think about setting a policy for who gets the update being anyone whose pet is there for more than, or anticipated to be there for more than two to six hours, I guess. Right. If that's the kind of the majority time. So even two hours, wow, that's going to be crazy, but, and maybe that's not going to work at your practice, but maybe it makes sense for you to say, okay, any pet that's here or anticipated to be here longer than four hours is going to get an update. I think, I think it's worth asking though, every single client and you might not even need, if they're just there for an hour, you aren't going to ask them that, but I think it, it's a perfect opportunity and time and honestly important that you tell them what's going to happen. We are not going to be giving you an update in the next hour because we will be seeing you in an hour. I mean, whatever it is, make sure that they know the communication plan. Because if we just say we're going to give you a call later, I don't think that flies for a lot of people. I think that gives yeah. them a lot of anxiety. And I also hate giving specific time commitments, I'm going to call you at 11 because if it's 1101, you might be freaking out like, oh my God, you died. I, my pet must have died. They didn't call right on the dot. Okay. What about the who actually updates the client? That's tricky. That's tricky. So just depends what your workflow is. I think it could, I think the person, my favorite is to put it as a treatment. I, I would put it on the treatment sheet as a tech duty or the tech could delegate it to somebody else, but someone has to own the update or it won't get done. Yeah, that's true. Well, and at our, at least in my practice, the doctor is who calls after surgery, but any other time the technicians or the receptionists are who are giving updates. But I think that's a very personal hospital choice on how you how you want to handle that. But again, I think that goes back to what we could now segue into the what, which is what are we updating them with? Is this like a photo? Is this a just a text message? Is this a call? Is this an email? You know, it's a lot different. It's a lot easier. And no, no one has to be specific, right? It doesn't have, they don't have to know who their update is coming from if it's a just a text. Yeah, that's right. Well, the study said that most people prefer to get a text message about this. Some people did want to get a call, but I'm going to just say right up front, that's not going to work out for you because robo callers have ruined it for everyone. Honestly, like I, I'm not even that I'm not young anymore. And I just don't want to talk to anyone on the phone. And I often don't, don't have my phone right on me. And also if they call then, and I don't answer then they're going to leave a voicemail and then I'm going to be real mad. I hate it. <laughs> well, they're going to leave a voicemail. Then you're going to call them back and they're get, you're a doctor, you're tech, you're busy. You don't have time to get to the phone and that's a nightmare. So I think texting is the real deal here. I think app, app messaging through your mobile app or straight up text messaging, both of those work. You need to really just make sure that channel is open. 
I recently was up in Fort Collins and I spent the night at a hotel and I had a cool experience. The um, right when we checked in, the receptionist lady, she said, oh, she said it like this. She goes, if you need anything during your stay, you can text us. I'm going to send you a text right now. Make sure that you have my number in your phone. And I think what she was really doing was making sure I got the text message and I, we did it right there and I got it and sure shit, I forgot my toothbrush and I had to text her later and said, I forgot my toothbrush. It was really, um, first thing in the morning. And she's like, Oh, I'll, I'll put it outside your door. And I didn't have to call. That's awesome. Or go down there. Oh like, yeah. Go back in to my, desk. In my jammies. I don't be bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not like talking it. about that. <laughs> so I, I think texting is going to be the way to go on this one. And I wouldn't try to pull this off with the phone call. I agree. Can we talk about the photo? Yeah, let's talk about the photo. Okay. I think a lot of people get hung up on this high bar that we have to send a photo. It, let's be real. It's very hard to get a good looking photo of a pet in the veterinary practice, especially yeah, if you're getting a spay or something. You've, I know we put the lube in the eyes and they always thought they were crying and like weird stuff. And what looks good to me does not look good to a pet owner. Like my favorite scene, my favorite picture is going to be a post-op dog laying in the cage with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. that's nice and pink. But to a normal person, that is horrible picture because it looks they look dead. <laughs> right. We don't we don't want that. So I've seen I, some cute like cage sign, like, you know, I just woke up or whatever. But I, I agree that, you know, maybe maybe we don't have to include that. And that's even just from a, a technology and workflow, like how you get those. That's a easier solution, right? If you don't include the picture. Yeah. I think if you can't get a good picture, then don't send a picture. That's usually what I say. At my practice, we got these really cute stuffed animals and we put them with the pet, with the blankets, all totally staged. And then we take the picture. Now that's a winner move, but it takes a lot of effort and time to do that. So if you're slammed, don't, don't go to this level of saying, well, I don't have a picture. Therefore I shouldn't give an update. Just I'm just saying, if you can't get a picture, be sure you still give an update. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Now can we move on to win? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got me I'm, all out of my like mojo in my, my order. Well, I, I missed the last few podcasts. You and Dr. Krista did such a good job. So now I'm back. I guess I'm too chatty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the win. When to send. In yeah. update. So you already told us, you kind of already gave it away that it's two to six hours ish, right? So what, what can you break that down again? Oh, yes. I jumped the gun. 35% of people said four to six hours was their preferred time zone. And 27% of people said every two to three hours. So I think for me, knowing when to send it, I love putting this as a treatment item on the treatment sheet, just like you would do a cefazolin TID, I might do a owner update, you know, Q4. And that goes on the treatment sheet. And then it just gets done. I mean, if we're thinking about it, we're kind of medicating the owner too. (laughs) That's a pretty good analogy there. (laughs) So what do you think of, 
as far as like a normal pet owner, I'm thinking they want to know pre-op, going into surgery, in recovery. Like those are pretty critical moments in the operation cascade. Yeah, but I don't know any practices that that do a pre-op unless it's like, hey, you know, you dropped off like six hours ago and we're super behind. So just wanted to let you know it'll be another two hours before you get an update. Um, I don't think that happens too much. Although I will say sidebar, uh, I need to check if they're still doing this, but I, I do know a specialty hospital that actually uses Twitter for that very thing. So they don't call anyone directly, but they just live tweet the status of all their patients. And I so they tell, they tell people, Hey, if you want to know where we're at, like just check our Twitter, which is like the only successful Twitter use by a veteran <laughs> practice ever, but that's a, a whole nother episode. But I, I mean, I think it makes sense that, you know, if they drop on it, off in the morning by like lunchtime, they need to have some sort of update. I think is that I, I frame a lot of my, my things around. I know. I think that's standard. What most practices do will give you update by lunch or, you know, by, by the, uh, before the afternoon. But if we're really kind of looking at what, what the modern pet owner wants, they want more. I mean, that's, that's what the study showed. They want more than what we're giving. And if you could pull it off, that is best in class. You will get a lot of benefits from that. If you are able to say, we just got the lab work done. It's all normal. We're getting prepped for surgery. We're in surgery. We're in recovery. Like think of it like the Domino's pizza tracker, but for your pet. That is, that is pretty sweet. That'd be pretty, that's a pretty high end, awesome experience that I think pet owners, well, I actually know because we we've done that at the clinic. They they love it. They freaking love it. So it depends. That's typically going to be the answer for when. It depends on what the pet owner wants. It depends on what the practice can handle. That's that's a good call. Uh, I, I like that plan. All right. So now we're going to talk about where. Yeah, you already said we can't call you. And you said if we leave you a voicemail, which I didn't know you had like such a violent reaction to voicemails, but oh, now yeah. I know. It's not good. If you ever leave me one, it's over. This podcast <laughs> is done. Don't you have the kind of service on your phone where it just translates your voicemails into I, I do like it's, written? It's a good thing that I have that because at least now I know because before I would just never, ever listen to them. So you wouldn't? No. <laughs> Do you want to see how many, like, let's even like sidebar right now. I'm going to, do you see that my, I have 256 voice. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. I just, I have like a mental block. I don't even know. It's not a thing for me. I need to talk to my therapist about this clearly. Or when you were a little kid, did you grow up with like an answering machine in your house where you got to run home and play the messages that accumulated? Yes, I am that many years old. Thank you for making me feel old. (laughs) The young people are like, what'd you have to do? I actually just had to explain that concept. Uh, We were watching a movie and my son had never seen one of those. And he was like, what are they doing? (laughs) 
See, so even funny. my cat thinks that's ridiculous. Anyway, for, for those of you listening, Caitlin is holding her cat and her cat is licking her. Is she licking your ear? What is she? No, she, she's grooming her herself like oh. on my shoulder because that's <laughs> really convenient right now. But <laughs> if I put her down, then she just screams at me. She like wants to be on the podcast so much. Like, do you hear this? Yeah, <laughs> she's so cute. Hashtag I vet so hard is brought to you by vet to pet. Hey guys, this is Stephanie Goss from the Uncharted podcast. And I wanted to take a quick second to share with you three of my top reasons for using vet to pet in my clinic. We've used them for years and I love the fact that it brought a lot of the client communication platforms that we had previously been using in separate individual services into one easy to use dashboard. My team goes one place and they manage so many different client communications. And I absolutely love making their jobs easier. And the clients absolutely love using vet to pet because they love being able to schedule appointments. They love being able to send us a picture when they're out of their pet's medication and know that we'll send them a push notification back as soon as their meds ready for pickup. So if you've not checked out vet to pet you should visit vettopet.com forward slash Ivet so hard and you'll get a free gift from the team at vet to pet when you demo the platform. This is a great opportunity if your practice has a mobile app platform you can get your client to download that app. And the cool thing about that is you're getting them into your ecosystem. The trade-off is you're going to give an update and they're going to download your app and then you get the ability to market to them later. So don't dismiss the importance of getting people to use your mobile app because this means you can reach them when you need to about anything else you want to talk to them about in the future. It's pretty frowned upon to do mass text message marketing and in violation of some laws in some places. But when they have your app, you're able to do more with them with app notification, blasts, and things like that. So I always think that's an extra extra win if you can pull it off. Yeah, for sure. Well, that brings us to our last part of our, our new framework here, which is the how. So how do you send that, right? How do you text them? How do you how do you send the app notification? How do you send the email? What are your thoughts? This is a challenge for still a lot of people. Is like, I want to send text to my clients, but I don't know how. And so I think there are a few things. First off, everyone should know, we should make sure you know, ZipWhip is a common texting platform that's getting sunsetted. So they're as of April, they're not going to let anybody else sign up or make, uh, I actually don't know if they're letting anyone sign up right now, but you can't make changes to your ZipWhip account after April. And then it's forever going away in December. So that used to be a gold standard for veterinary text messaging, but I think, you know, we're going to have to get away from that. They got acquired by Twilio. So a simple basic way is to set up your own Google voice line and just text people through there. But most of you probably these days have a platform that can handle texting because you have a platform handling your health service reminders or maybe your phone system and, or even your practice management software. Now some of them have capabilities for texting. So many choices these days, but it is good that we have more 
availability to get in touch with our clients where they want to receive that. So I think, unfortunately, we're kind of giving a lot of a lot of possible ideas, but uh, the reality is I think all of these, like who, what, when, where, why, how, all of these are very personal decisions to the practice that don't necessarily, like there's lots of different options, right? So there's no right, one right or wrong answer. There's no one for sure way you have to do it. I think you just need to think about these things. So I think your action step, if you want to do a better job of patient updates, is just to go through this framework, right? Like the who, what, where, when, why, and how. We kind of know the why, but other than that, uh, just decide what works best for your practice and then and then put it in place. And just remember, you're helping people be less worried. You're helping people have comfort and knowing that they're little BFF is safe and sound and doing okay. And that ultimately results in client loyalty. You're putting deposits in the bank account with them and they're going to appreciate it. And when they're happy, your team is happy because they show up to pay the bill. They're not asking questions like what's been going on all day. How come it's taken so long? Because you've been updating them every step of the way. So it's worth the effort because you're playing the long game here and you're building that big time client loyalty. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us, you guys. I really hope you found some insight and information. This is something you can bring to your team and workshop it. Another W word. We're really on a roll here with those. (laughs) Later, I'll be playing Wordle. All right. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time on I Bet So Hard. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of I Bet So Hard. Don't forget to head over to ibetsohard.com to download our top five takeaways from this episode. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Until then, here's to putting your technology to work for your practice.